Amen. Right on. We're in week number two of this series called Miracles. We launched it last week because here's what we believe. We believe that signs and wonders didn't go away with the disciples, with the apostles. We don't believe that Jesus was the only person called to walk in the miraculous. We believe that just scripture says that before Jesus ascended into heaven, he looks at his disciples. And he says, all of the things that I've done, you'll do even greater. We know that's a promise for us today. Can I get an amen? And here's what I believe. I believe that uh, we have this saying, uh, Bill Johnson says it, it's hanging in our kitchen. It says this, God's expectation of us is to walk in the miraculous or walk in the impossible. You guys remember that song, God of Wonders? You know, we, like, we forget who God is. Like we forget, we forget like the, the, the group that you're rolling with is God is the God of the impossible. Like impossible is where God starts and miracles are what he does. So to get confused about faith-filled moments and the impossible and signs and wonders, to be like, oh, I don't know if this is, no, that's what you signed up for. Can I get an amen? This is what, and so we all sing the song, God of wonders beyond this galley. And we say, oh, that's such a beautiful song. God of wonders. It makes you wonder. Wow, what is God doing here? Some of you are like, I'm, I'm wondering, trust me. I'm wondering what God is up to. Still trying to figure it out. A sign and a wonder. God moves in signs and wonders. It's signs that happen in our lives that make us wonder, wow, how could God do this? How could he take me from the impossible into the miraculous? Wow. It's more than just a cute song. It's an incredible, powerful thing that we should know. We serve and we get to cooperate and we get to, we get to minister alongside the God of wonders. And it knows no age. I believe that God wants to walk in the miraculous in your kids. And if you're an old gray haired and you feel like, oh, I've spent my time and I pushed the plow. If you ain't dead, it ain't over. Can I get an amen? God wants to use you even now. And, and so we're not going to put limits and seasons on this. God wants you walking in the supernatural. Even the word supernatural. It's God putting his super on your natural. That's how God called us to live. And I know I'm in the wrong part of town to, to be the kind of guy that's talking this way. But the days of the theist and the thouest and the thouest, and we'll break it downeth, are over. Aren't they? God is looking for a church who is going to display who he is in all his glory. God has called us to be a people who we pray and we live in a way that says, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? There's no cancer in heaven, friends. There's no sickness and disease. There's no addiction. And so our mission is to get rid of that stuff here on earth as it is in heaven. Can I get an amen? And Bible classes are good and all the discipleship stuff we do is good. That's all fine. And we're going to do that stuff. And it matters. But if all we're going to do is sit around and describe what God wants to do instead of demonstrate it, then the devil wins. Because we got to be people walking in it. The scripture says that this earth is, grow, is, 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 is begging, I would put the word on it, begging for the manifestation of the children of God. What, is it, what does it say? It says this world is just waiting for Christians to be the real deal, to be able to show up and be who they say they are and walk the way they're called to walk. And I'm not getting up here trying to preach. You got to be perfect and you can never mess up. But can we just start trying? Can we just start believing God that he wants to transform our lives and our cities and that we're actually the head and not the tail and believe that God said that the gates of hell will actually not prevail against the church? Well, the pastor, you don't understand. They're not going to let us on social media anymore. They're going to silence Christians because we can't be on Facebook and Twitter anymore. 
Oh, you stupid, dummy idiots. If you think getting kicked off social media is going to silence the church, you've missed it by a mile. Can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll start my sermon. So I've told you uh, last week that I've been like observing how Christians, and in my life as well, I'm just as guilty. I'm preaching this to myself. But I've been watching like how we're reacting to all these things as pressure is happening and the world is changing and things are getting unstable. And, and just remember... Everybody, you want to blame everybody else. God's at fault for all of this. Somebody's like, oh? <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. He never loses. He never makes a mistake. He never misses it. Can I get an amen? And so God is working so awesome, and he's changing. He's moving all of these things, but it's making us all kind of like, oh, what's happening? I don't understand. And that's okay. But I'm watching all of this, and I'm watching how we're reacting, and, and it's amazing to me that when faith is required, when, when the impossible shows up on the scene, when we're actually called to kind of walk in faith and be the Christians God called us to, it's amazing to see how many people are bailing. Oh, I'm out. Oh, the miraculous is required, the God of signs and wonders, the God of wonders. Oh, that, that's time for us to be that. Oh, I'm out. And we bail, and we retreat, and we back out. I, I, I said for me, as, as I've kind of watched it, you know, here comes the impossible. I mean, we're at the moments in our lives, and I'm not talking about political. I'm talking about in this world where it's time for Christians to put up or shut up. It's time to either get in the game or go home. Can I get an amen? And so I see this. I'm watching this. We are at the valley of dry bones. You are at the moment where it's like, can these bones live? We are at the moment where the Red Sea needs to part because the darkness and the powers and the principalities, they are on a move. Are, are you with me? And, and don't, don't, don't get all this wrapped up in your political stuff. I'm talking about what's happening just in, in the world and in, in church and, and in all of the things. And so here we are facing these moments, and I'm like, yeah, it's our moment. This is it. This is what we were born to do. Here we go. This is time. This is what we get to do. What are we going to do? And, and I feel like when I show up on that scene, this is what I feel like. Where this guy? Where'd everybody go? Where'd the Christians go? You guys know this meme, right? You know the meme where he comes in, he's like, what, what happened to everybody? Wait a minute, this is our moment. Where the gates, you don't know, the whole, remember we've been saying, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and da 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 and we're just saying all the things. And that's like, wait, where'd everybody go? Are you with me today? We are the impossible. This is what I feel like. I feel like it's this cartoon. It's this cartoon where, and I don't even know if this is a cartoon. I think I made it up in my head, or the Lord showed it to me, or... People are like, pastor's losing it. And that is a fact. Can I tell you that? And I love it. It's very enjoyable. But it's this cartoon where like two cartoons have like faced each other. Like, oh, oh, it's this tense. Like, oh. And then the one bad guy cartoon goes like, boo. And the other cartoon is like, boom, gone. Just gone. Just because of a little like, boo. Like, boom, cloud of smoke, gone. And I feel like barely anything has actually happened to us. Well, they closed your restaurants. Boo, and we're all, ah, I'm out. They won't let us have social media anymore. Ah. It's just boo, and we've all, that's not how God's called us to live. Can I get an amen today? Second Chronicles, I want to encourage you. Second Chronicles 28, 22 says this. In the time of his distress, he became even more faithless to the Lord, King A.S. In the time of his distress, he became even more faithless to the Lord. I hope that's not the testimony about your life and my life in the Church of America, that the more distress we see, the more frustration, the more turbulation. I hope it's not said in the times of more distress, we're becoming even more faithless. I hope in the time of distress, it says, man, the more you pick on those guys, the more they just get, right? 
Now, in the time of distress, we get more faithless, but in the time of distress, we get more faith-filled. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing it. So, uh, you know those scenes in the movie where, like, the bad guy or maybe the good guy, he's just getting beat. He's getting punched, and the guy's punching him, and he's all beat up and blood. I know you guys don't watch these movies, but I do. It's how I vent. And, uh, and, so, and so he's getting hit, and he's getting hit, and all of a sudden that guy, he just starts smiling and laughing. Maybe it was in the Rocky movie or something like that, but he's just getting hit, and he just starts smiling more and more and more. I just feel like that's what's rising up in believers. Oh, come on, keep hitting. We don't care. We're going to smile. We, we actually kind of like this. Can I get an amen? That's why we have people in additional seating today. That's why both services were for because you guys are a bunch of sickos that just are coming back for the, the fight. Do not let times of distress cause you to be a person who's growing faithless. We trust and we believe in a supernatural God who makes the impossible things possible. And I said last week, it's funny how we, we, we like draw a line on what we believe to be too weird and too miraculous and too impossible. Prayer, we love prayer. Oh, prayer, yeah, that makes tons of sense. Pray to a God who we can't see, and he's somewhere off in heaven that we don't know anything about, and we're praying, we're uttering these words in this prayer place. Yeah, totally normal. That's fine. Salvation, yeah, I totally believe in salvation. That's not weird. Pray a prayer, ask forgiveness of my sins, and all of a sudden eternity is now changed. My, I get to spend eternity with God. My sins are forgiven. Yeah, that's totally normal. That makes total sense. I have great confidence in that. Communion. Oh, communion is a holy moment, and it is, and we reverence that communion. But you eat this little wafer, and you drink this terrible juice, and then you do this thing. We say, yeah, holy moment. God told us to do that in remembrance of him, and he did, and we totally accept that. Worship, you come in a room like this, and a whole bunch of people who can't sing, sing loud. <laughs> a bunch of songs they don't, you know, and we're just doing this thing, and, and we feel moved by it, and we feel this God is in it, and, and moving it, and we say, yeah, that's normal. And then we say, oh, yeah, here's another thing God wants us to do. Lay hands on the sick and we'll see them recover. No, that's weird. You're crazy. Believe that you can intercede on somebody else's behalf and see miracles. I'm out. Come on, you guys. We have got to believe in the God that we serve. Can I get an amen? So everybody wants to know my pastor. What do you think is going on? Is it the end times? What's your take on everything? What's your deal? Uh, and here's what I always say, and people don't like my answer. But there's one person to blame with what we see, for what we see. Current events, things that you see happen, and it's actually pretty easy to blame. It all comes from one place. And the people to blame or the, the body, the group to blame for what we see in America, it simply comes down to the churches to blame. We have fortified our influence, or we have forfeited our land. The body of Christ, there is nothing. The scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail. And the scripture says that, that all the things, I can go on and on about all the scriptures, greater seed that's in you, we can go through all the things. Anytime territory is lost, it's because the church forfeited. Can I get an amen? Well, how could we get to this and how could we get to that? Well, it's easy. We can just look back at the data. The church has surrendered all places of influences at the sake of convenience. We don't want to stand up to anything because we don't want to offend anybody. If you're in the chat with me today, will you help me out because they're not helping me in here today? We have justified our lukewarmness. The scripture says that in the last days, there's going to be this great falling away, this lukewarmness. We're going to call things that are not good, good. And everybody says, yeah, it's going to be that group. And it's going to be that group. No, it's going to be the church. We're going to say things like, no, it's fine. If I don't make church participation a habit, a lifestyle, the national average is the average American Christian only attends church one and a half times a month. So you say, how do you get a half a time? It's because you sleep in a service. It's only counted as that. You're here, but you sleep. <laughs> but it's a real, it's a real, it's the real number. It's only one and a half times. 
Statistics say social media, you'll spend 50 hours, you'll spend 50 hours a week consuming social media or some type of screen, whether it be TV influence or whatever it is, you'll spend in one week more time getting influence from that than you will your church participation in a year. And we don't understand why we forfeited our land. It's a good place to say amen, church. We fund our entertainment with more passion than we support the body of Christ financially. We got our Netflixes, our Hulus, we got all of the things, and we got all these realms of entertainment, and we tip the church, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, who Jesus, the scripture says, is coming back for his bride, and he wants that bride to be found without spot or wrinkle. What it's saying is he wants that bride to be well taken care of, and we just tip it. Can I be real today? Well, pastor, what's going on? Can you believe the time? That's your fault and my fault. You want me to keep going? Actually, you don't want me to. You asked me, what do you think's going on? I'm telling you. <laughs> we evangelize our politics with more passion than we do evangelize the gospel of Christ. You spend more time murmuring and complaining and being passionate about your politics than you ever do the, the good news of God. When's the last time you sat down at the end of the mailbox and talked to your neighbor about the good news of God with the passion you do restaurants, masks? I'll be careful. If, anyway, we serve our social lives with a much higher passion than we even serve the body of Christ. We put so much energy and effort into our vacations and our travel, and we got to make sure we go out with those people and keep up with these people, and we serve this and we serve that. We got to make sure the kids are in soccer and ballet and dance. We got to serve, oh, I play t-ball. I want my kids to play t-ball and softball and all these things that we, and we serve and we serve and we serve and we serve and we serve, and we neglect serving the house of God. And then we say, how is it possible for it to, well, we did this. It's not the left. It's not the right. It's not Antifa. It's not Trumpers. It's the body of Christ forfeiting our land. We teach our daughters. We teach our daughters more about Disney princesses than we do the princesses or the principles of the Bible. We spend more time saying, oh, honey, you got to do this dress and you got to look so cute and you got to learn this thing. And you got to know this thing. Our kids know more about Elsa and Arendelle and all the things than they do the beautiful stories and principles of how God's called them to be as women. We teach our sons more about being the men of this world, being a man in this world, than we do being a man of God. They know how to fish, and they know how to, they know how to shoot a gun, and they know how to hit a curveball, and they know how to do all these kind of things. But they know nothing about what the Scripture says about being a man of God. And we say, how could this happen, and what is happening? The church did this because we've allowed ourselves to get lukewarm and complacent. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You know more lines from Dumb and Dumber and The Office than you do scriptures. No, I don't. I don't even like Dumb and Dumber. Find Titanic, or You say, well, I can't, I, I don't have a memory that studies scripture well. I can't, I can't remember scriptures well. I don't remember it well. I don't have a mind that retains and remembers things well. Okay. You want me to start naming songs? That not only do you know all the lyrics, but you know all the beats that go after it. It's what you have a passion for. It's what you've opened up yourself to, to be a part of and be active in your life. Like if I say, Gangnam Style, what, what happens in your mind? 
Why do you even know that song? Why should we even know that song? But if I were to say, you know, Ephesians 4, you'd be like, ah. but you know, are you with me? How are the Vikings taking over the capital? Because you know Gangnam Style and not Ephesians 4. Can we go home or you want me to keep going? <laughs> Pastor's losing it. He's losing it. I am. It's been a while. I've lost it for a while. Why do we worship with intensity? Why does Daniel sing and spit and worship? And why do we do it? Be because, like, I believe that God calls us into battles. Theist, thouist, and all the cutest, that's fine, and it has its place. But if that's the only place we ever get to, if we ever don't get backbone, if we ever don't stick our chest out and take territory and, and move into what God has, then we, and people say, I don't know about all that talk, Pastor, of like being bold and being courageous. And so, listen, you got to remember there was a time where the ministry of David was to go find stones because he was going to lodge them into a giant's head. That was the mission and ministry of his day from God. Hey, go get some stones, throw them at that guy. Oh, and then after that, once you've knocked him down, go take his sword and cut his head off. And then the ministry after that is to parade around town with that head and make sure people know that the enemy has been defeated. There's sometimes I pray, hey, Lord, is there some heads you need me to cut off? Here I am, Lord. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I walk around the woods and I look for smooth stones just in case the Lord calls me. I'm kidding. And I'm here to say this. Let me, let me be clear. I actually hate it when politicians say that. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not saying, get ready, get ready. No, I'm not, that, that's not me at all. So totally erase that if you think that's where I was going. What I was saying is faith calls us into more than theist and Taoist and Taoist. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying today? We got here. Do you know that America is the third largest mission field in the world? We used to send people from America to the other world on mission to evangelize, and, and now we need to call them back. Well, how did that happen? It's not because Antifa and Trumpers and all this. Kind of, it happened because the church forfeited its influence in our world. And so we've got to get it back. Can I get an amen? So how do we do it? How do we get it back? Well, it's walking in what we're walking in. It's walking in prayer and fasting. It's humbling ourselves. It's repenting of our sins. It's being called back into the things that God has called us to walk in. We said last week, physical obedience always brings spiritual breakthrough. It's when we worship with passion. Worship, that's an action word. It's expressing something. So when we worship and we fast and we pray and we evangelize and we share the good news, all of these things bring the spiritual breakthrough, which I believe are going to bring true healing and unity back into our land. Can I get an amen? We said last week, you don't stumble upon a great relationship with God. It's built. These things that we do is how we begin to put things back and be who God's called us to be. Uh, I say it like this all the time. If I said, hey, I want to learn to play the keyboard. I'm going to be a great keyboard player, and I'm really going to be able to do this. And then a time later, you said, hey, how's that going? Have you, have you got a keyboard? No, I didn't get a keyboard. Have you taken lessons? No, I haven't taken lessons. Well, what have you done? Uh, nothing. Would I really be learning to be a great keyboard player? No, I wouldn't be learning it at all. I, because why? Because proof is in the pursuit of something. Oh, I want to be a great man, a woman for God. I want to really make a difference in my world. I want to be a light. Proof is in the pursuit. Are we putting things in our life? Are we believing for the miraculous? Are we fasting? Are we praying? Are we giving? Are we serving? Can I get an amen? 
We said last week, Psalm 910 says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Every time we seek the Lord in these spiritual things, when we believe for the miraculous, when we believe for God to make a difference and move in the supernatural, when we believe in fasting and prayer, when we take those moments, God will not forsake you. But it also, we looked at a warning last week, Psalm 104.4, said, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Scripture has given you a warning. Hey, if you're living your life in such a way that you're so busy and you're so career-oriented and you're so focused on all of the other social life things and all the stuff that you're trying to build, that you have no room for God, the Scripture says that's wicked living. i got no room for God right now. I can't fast. i got to stay focused. i got this thing. I can't pursue Him. I can't pray. I can't serve. I can't show up to church regularly. You've made no room for God. It's wicked living. Can I get an amen? That's how we forfeited things. We saw last week the warning in Chronicles of, of King Uzziah. It says that uh, he was a king. King Uzziah was a king who did right in the Lord's eyes. Second Chronicles 26. It says he sought God in the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. But in verse 16, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. We got to be careful that we don't think we got this all figured out. I can protect myself. I can handle this. I can, I can get it all figured out and equate it and make God work for me. No, we got to be a people in pursuit and seeking and putting God first. Psalm 3410, I said it last week as well, and then we'll jump into my prayer part of this sermon, and then we're going to worship. Psalm 3410 says, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I want it to be your testimony, and I want it to be the testimony of the United States and the rest of the world and, and, and what God has called us into in this era. Be a people that we seek God and we lack no good thing. I'll put it down like this. A promise from God is a miracle on a timer. Do you got a promise from God? Do you got a word from the Lord? Even if you don't, go open your scripture. It's full of promises for you. Grab one of those promises over your family and over your life and over your, and begin to believe that this promise, though I haven't even seen it, I'm believing that the God of wonders has got this thing on a timer. And if he said I can have it, I'll have it. Can I get an amen? And so we fast and we pray and we believe. And what's amazing about fasting, I said last week, is when you're in a fast, it's like you're in total worship to God. The entire time you're on a fast, that's a constant act of worship. And God, the scripture says, rewards those who worship him in spirit and in truth. When you're on a fast, you're joining millions of Americans right now across the world. So I'm encouraging you, if you haven't joined this fast yet, there's 14 days, jump in, be a part, because the scripture says, Psalm 133, there's a commanded blessing on it. My last thought here on prayer, we've been, last week was on fasting, this week is on prayer, next week is on hearing from God, the next week we're believing for miracles, we're going to be praying for healing and seeing people, God move, move in people's lives, and then the last week we're talking about taking back what the enemy stole, because I think there's some take back that needs to happen in the kingdom. Can I get an Amen. So we'll get all to that, but uh, prayer is this week. The statistics say that the average American Christian spends less than 10 minutes a day in prayer. The average American Christian spends less than 10 minutes a day in prayer. Uh, you'll spend more time a day preparing your food than you will praying and communicating to the creator of heaven and earth. They say statistically you'll spend more time grooming, putting on deodorant and toothpaste. Hopefully some of you are doing that. I don't think you put on toothpaste, right? <laughs> Some of you should. But the, you do your hair, you do your makeup. You'll spend more time doing cosmetic things than you will communicating with the creator of heaven and earth. 
I think that there's so much more ground that we can take as Christians when it comes to our understanding of the power of prayer. We say, oh, yeah, there's so much more I could learn. But, you know, I'm, I'm in the shallow. I don't think we're even in the shallow end. We're certainly not in the deep end of under, understanding our prayer because I think we'd see a lot more breakthrough. We're more like on the beach. The wave had just gone up and made the sand wet. and We're just standing on the wet sand when it comes to our understanding of prayer. God wants to do so much with us in our prayer life. And we give him 10 minutes of our day, less than preparing food and less than getting ourselves put together. I'll say it like this. Our prayer life reveals our trust in God. Our prayer life is a great indicator of how much you really trust God. The amount of time you actually spend praying and going to your creator is a great indicator of how much you actually trust him. Because you go to people that you trust. My guy over here, Brad, he's an electrician. He knows electricity. If I have an electricity problem, I don't go to his wife, Elena. Elena is an incredible interior direct, uh, decorator. If we need to figure out how to design a room or pick a paint color, I'm going to go to Elena for that because I trust her in that area. I'm not asking Brad about mauve. <laughs> Do you know anything about mauve, Brad? I don't know. Is that a color? Am I saying it right? <laughs> because you go to somebody who you trust has the way. So isn't it shocking then that our first resort in times of trouble or distress or concern or fear, isn't it shocking that we, we run to get the answer from social media? We try to find the next conspiracy theory. What's happening? What's, and we go on this and we go on that. We get a blog and we do a thing and we call a friend and we do all this stuff and we leave out the person who we should trust the most. The scripture who says knows the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. How many of you know we should be communicating with that person first? Seek first the kingdom. All the things will be. And yet we give him less than 10 minutes a day. I would argue this, and I don't know it. I don't have a psychological study on this. And I don't, I don't know all the data, scientific evidence. I don't know all that stuff. But it's interesting to me when I begin to think about it. I would say like one of the things you were the most wired for is communication. If you think about all of the things that we do, everything we do communicates something or communicates to us or connects with us in some form of you, you feel like you're having a interaction or an expression with something. So think about it. TV is communicating to us and it's telling a story and it's involving you and you feel connected. TV is, is some form of communication. Music tells a story. It communicates to us writing. And even as we pursue uh, significant others, we get into dating because you long to be in communication and connection and have that filled. And you think about even the way God created us, a high level for communication. If you think about how funny it even is, even our animals, God created with the ability to communicate with us. Uh, your dog, I mean, it, it communicates with us. It tells us, you can say it, stay. Your cat, you say, hey, be the worst animal on the planet. Good job. <laughs> You're doing it. Good job for you, cat. You know, there's a movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. There's not a movie, All Cats. But even the way he created animals... There's a level of communication and expression that we have with animals. Think about your life if you removed all forms of communication. How unsuccessful your life would be if you removed communication. Think about your career. Communication is a big part of it. Your marriage, your parenting, communication is a huge part of it. Could you imagine if in your career you walked into work and you said, hey, 
uh, need to let everybody know, 10 minutes tops. That's all I'm communicating today. Some of you are like, I've tried that, actually. Some of you are like, it's called Thursday. <laughs> you know, you would have a very unsuccessful professional career if you just eliminated communication. Same thing in your marriage. Same thing in your parenting. If you just said, you know what, I'm going to limit all communication to this. But yet we do it to the creator of heaven and earth. Uh, all I'm going to be able to give you is about 10 minutes today. You hold the future. You hold my world in your hands. You have everything that I need to know, but I'm going to cap this communication at this. That's why Jesus said in John 5, I don't do anything at all until the Father reveals it to me. That's how important communication in prayer and seeking him is. I can't make any moves until I've sought the Lord in this. What you do daily determines what happens habitually. You have got to build a lifestyle, and I've got to build a lifestyle of seeking God first. Well, how do we build this habit? Habit comes by practice. I'm not a good prayer, and I, and I lose my attention. Start putting in the practice. Start making it priority that you're praying and you're praying until eventually it becomes a habit and a lifestyle. I've said this to you before about prayer. One of the most annoying things for me as a dad, as a parent, is when my kids come to me and they're in meltdown mode, but they haven't even told me what the problem is yet. So they come in, fruit snack, right? You know, like, and I'm like, stop, chill. What do you need? Oh, I'm your loving father. I would love to help you with that. I wonder how much more so we as Christians come to God. And he's like, will you just ask? Because the scripture actually says, what kind, what kind of loving father, if you ask for this, would give you a snake. If you ask for this, would give you... It's, it's literally this point. And that's why the scripture says in James chapter 4, you have not because you ask not. You spend so much time in your day running around, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this, do you see what's happening here? And he's like, have you prayed? Have you asked me? Charles Spurgeon says that prayer is cooperating with God. God has a plan for this world. God has a plan for America. God has a plan for Zealand. God has a plan for your household. God has a plan for every part of your thing. But prayer is the connecting piece to cooperating with him. Prayer is not just, oh, it's a good church idea. No, it's what we were created to do to function here on this earth. We have got to make it a priority again. Can I get an amen? I'm going to have the band come up. And I know it's kind of weird as they got to walk their way up. We were kind of teasing uh, as they come up to lead us in a, in a final song, we were teasing, like, should we just hide them behind the curtain and then have them come out? Or how do we get them to walk up here? But uh, be praying for us that we get that new building where we can, like, you know, just bring them out here, like, on little motorized things, you know. <laughs> That'd be good, right? They'll be like little action figures. I'll stick things in their back. They'll just be stuck here all throughout the week. When I need a worship song, I'll just move them out, worship. <laughs> all right, buddy. John chapter 14. It's so crazy. We laid all this out. It's not crazy because it's God, but check this out, Facebook. We planned all this out as far as like we believe for the impossible in 2021. That's what we're, we're believing for. We always believe that, but it, it takes another step. Like when you say it, when you say we're going for it, we're claiming this, that we're going to see the miraculous. And so we kind of laid all this out. This is what we wanted to do in this month. And I, I did fasting and then prayer this week. And and my ending point to this sermon, I've had it for a little while, my ending point to this sermon is John chapter 14. It says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. It's this idea of praying 
in Jesus' name. Now, a lot of people are like, why do we pray in Jesus' name? Do you think God was like, how should we have them end prayers? Yeah, just have them say in Jesus' name. That'll be fine. No, we say in Jesus' name because what we're saying is we're praying these things by the authority of Jesus' name. We have the clearance to pray these things because of the name of Jesus and all that he's done for us. So I just thought it was kind of funny that in recent days, as I was getting ready to encourage you and nudge you into the power that you have in the name of Jesus, in praying with your authority, the name of Jesus. I thought it was funny that in the last recent couple of days, as I was getting ready to make this point, we found out that some people pray and then amen, a woman. And that's not correct, in case you didn't know. Because there's power. Didn't we just worship it in the name of Jesus? That's not just a song that they do so well that makes you feel. Because guess what? There's actually power in the name of Jesus. And when we use our authority to believe that God in the power of the name of Jesus wants to, to, to do the miraculous and to move things from impossible to possible, when we believe that, it comes by the authorization of the power of the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3, Peter tells the beggar, get up and walk. The paralyzed man, he's saying, get up and walk. And he says, you're able to do this in the name of Jesus. It wasn't his ending prayer line. He's saying, you're able to do this because the name of Jesus, you have authority. Acts chapter 4, Peter again, there are religious people are asking, how are you doing this? What, 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 by what authority do you think you're able to do this and do these things and see these miracles and say these things? He says, it's because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I do these things in the name of Jesus. I have authority in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 16, Paul's on his way to a prayer meeting and the scripture says a demon possessed woman is badgering him and being loud and, and just getting on his nerves and pestering him and being annoying. And I love the Bible because it's so true. It says this, it says that Paul was annoyed by the woman. So he turns around and casts the demon out of her. I wish the church would just get annoyed with some of the demonic and just turn around and get rid of it. I wish we would just understand it. He said he turned by the name of Jesus and cast the demon out of her. And I'm not talking, don't start going to the store and casting demons out. Well, I guess if you want to. Just tell everybody you go to the foundry. It'll be fine. <laughs> if it works out, tell them it's here. No, I'm just kidding. Pastor Eric and I are great friends. I love him. That's a great church. And uh, if you ever don't like anything I say, go there. He'll send you back. So... But I wish we would get so annoyed with the demonic that we would believe that we have authority. And when we speak in the name of Jesus, things happen. Are you with me today? Uh, my last thought is this. Uh, when we go to Disney World, if you stay at one of their hotels, uh, on your magic band, it's this little watch thing that you get to go on the rides and do all the things. And uh, they give you this thing called extra magic hours. So the park is open uh, for a certain amount of hours uh, to like the regular people who come up. But if you're staying at a resort, you get to stay longer hours. So there comes in a night, a time in the night where the peasants have to go home. <laughs> but we have extra magic hours. What I'm trying to say is we, we have authority to stay longer and ride that Dumbo ride. So how do you think we walk around the park? Yeah, what's up? We got authority here. And I just wish we could walk into the dark places of this earth and realize you have authority, that he's overcome death, hell, and the grave. 
and you don't have to fret and fear and send each other all the things and worry and wonder and take $1,500 out of the bank because they're, they're kicking us off at the thing. All that stuff. It's important for you to know the times. The scripture tells us to discern all that stuff. But if it's getting inside you, you've surrendered the fact that you have authority and that you trust God. Can we trust God? Don't let it get in you. Can I get an amen? So we're going to worship this song. The scripture says we have life and death in the power of the tongue. What, what we speak matters. And so I believe you can worship things. The scripture says with our authority, the name of Jesus. So in just a minute, we're going to stand up. We're going to worship this song called Champion. And it talks about how our God is undefeated. And when we speak, things, things happen and we have authority. And so I'm going to challenge you in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know your faith is up right now. And I know that you're sensing the spiritual atmosphere is high because we're going after God and he inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we worship this song, I want you to say some things. I want you to believe for some things. You say, oh, pastor, I don't know what to believe for. I don't need a miracle. Things are good for me. Somebody you know has got to need something. We have a friend in our life who, her husband, diagnosed with brain cancer, terminal. There's, there's no way that they say he's going to make it. So this week, I sent her an email. I said, I need you guys to know this. Our church started a series called Miracles. And I want you to know that every single week, and I'm praying and I'm fasting, and you need to know that every time I hit that chair and we begin to worship, I'm going to use my words and I'm going to worship these words and I'm going to believe for your miracle and I'm going to believe for your breakthrough and I'm going to believe for your sign and wonder because worship is not a spectator sport. We participate. It's an action word. So you may say, oh, I don't know what I would worship when we sing the song. I don't know what I would have in my mind. I don't know what miracle. Don't, don't you know a prodigal? Don't you know of somebody that you can call home when we worship this? And the scripture says, in his name, you have authority. So call somebody home. Can I get an amen? Well, I still don't know. Well, the Grand Rapids Children's Hospital is full of kids who need a miracle right now. So when we worship this song, would you believe for them? Pastor, why are you having us do this? Because it's time for us to be demonstration people. We've seen enough demonstrations in this world. Can I get an amen? Can we just believe that God wants us to walk in the miraculous and that he will answer us when we call? So we're going to worship this song. If you would all stand, we'll worship and then we'll end. But just give it your best. And I believe God's going to meet us where we are.
Conquer 